Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. This is a fairly long-winded question from Sue, so just bear with me while I just explain it. She's got a 15-year-old thoroughbred who's a very nice type. And she's finding that she he's pulling back, but she's been using bailing twine to tie him up. So more often than not, he snorts and pulls back. She can do he might do this when she's saddling or doing his feet. She'll have her daughter's horse standing quietly beside him when this happens. He's also terrified of a moving hose next to him. She's had his eyes checked, and there's nothing conclusive there. She's owned him for nearly three years, um, and the previous owner says he did do it a few times, but she's never come across this challenge in all of her 60 years of being around horses. Um, she does have a feeling that he might be better with a placid rain supplement. Um, um, but she did say that she has sort of gone back over to the membership videos and she has um, followed some of your instructions as close as she could with um, getting him to follow a lead rope while applying a stressor um, you know, a little plastic bag on the end of a, of a whip in front of him. He didn't pull back at all, which she expected him to do, but he rushed around her very cl- closely. But with each attempt, there was no pullback. Okay, I'm going to... Just at the end of that question is the crux. Okay, the crux of it all. That little bit, you did the right thing by adding a little stressor in there because that's what's happening when he's tied up to a bit of bailing twine. As he gets a little stress, then pop, he pulls. Now, what you said about the running around with the stressor is very common, okay? But first I'm gonna say, there's a saying that's so important, is, and it is the best way to teach your horse to tie up is don't tie it up. Now, don't tie it up to bailing twine, especially bailing twine, especially bailing twine is just like pop, and it teaches horses to pull back. Once they broke it once, then they, they get a fright from the pop, but then they know they can break through it, and then, all of a sudden that they can be free. Now, the horses, um, the flight instinct in horses is important to keep in them and the flight instinct is sometimes just following a feel. So, um, you know, so basically in the wild, horses don't scatter like mice. So so when the mouse plays, plague was on, I got, got me thinking about, you know, imagine if I was, walking around, because every time we'd go out in the paddock, like I left the raincoat out when I was unloading my float, and then I just went out to pick it up, and then there's just mice scattering everywhere. And um, and I got to thinking about horses, and I got, imagine if horses were the size of mice, and you're walking around, and, and there was a horse plague, and there was little horses everywhere. And then all of a sudden, all the horses hid under, you know, a sheet of tin, like mice do, or, or, or something you left on the ground, and all of a sudden, you pick it up, and I got me thinking, I'm thinking, well, I reckon all the horses would all go off in the one direction because the mice scattered, but the one thing horses don't scatter, do in a mob is scatter. Uh, same with cattle, unless you get one run rogue leader or anything like that that run off, the, the majority follow a feel of the st- strongest decision maker, same with horses. Um, and then you get a random one that runs off, but usually, in most cases, a flight instinct in a herd situation is... Is, is, is that most of the horses follow a feel of the strongest decision maker, okay? So the flight instinct is, is basically part of the search instinct in a horse. People like to talk about the flight instinct and go, 
oh no, I don't want that. I just want curiosity and I want this and I want that. And so, well, hang on. The flight instinct is a horse seeking a little safety in a human environment which imposes all these scary things on them that they have to be able to think through situations. So that's why we use a stressor in training. Not to get the horse to run away from the stress, it's to get the horse to search to follow a feel because that's what a horse would do in a normal wild environment. Flight instinct is following a feel in most cases. They're not like mice that scatter off in all different directions then maybe regroup later. So um, the problem is, is by the sounds of it, when you were waving the flag, so you're just waving the flag a little bit to get the horse to go, oh geez, I feel a little unsafe. So you're actually provoking a bit of a pullback there, but because you're standing in front of your horse and you probably got your flag somewhere here, your horse has probably been lunged before. So what happens, you put a stimulant out here like a stick or a waving rope or a, or a flag somewhere here and the horse goes, oh, you're standing in front of me. I know how to release this pressure. I'm gonna run around forward. Oh. Now horses that don't know how to lead properly and horses that pull back will actually avoid lead rope pressure. And the way they avoid it is by escaping forward. So your horse has actually, it's learned how to pull back, yes, when it's tied up because it knows it's hard or tied to something that breaks. So it will actually pop that pressure and run off. It doesn't like doing it, it hates it. It thinks it's really scary doing it. But when you're on the end of a lead with it, it will do everything it can to pull on that rope to avoid it. So it will actually avoid any lead rope pressure by running forward. And because it's probably been, putting in a, been put in a lunging situation before, it sees a stimulant, sees someone in front of it and thinks, I oh, know, I'm gonna go around. Because just about every horse I have at a clinic somewhere in their life has been sent around in a circle by someone away from energy. So it's common that your horse is going to want to run around you both either direction depending on what hand the flag's in and what hand's the rope in and things like that. So to break that situation is, is I would go into a lot of close contact leading. So I'd get right up underneath the chin on the halter knot and I, before I even put a stimulant on the horse I'd, I'd push your horse backwards from the nose and then come forwards to the pole pressure. The horse cannot escape it, you have to be close. You have to stand away a little because your horse, when you pull pole pressure on it, after it's been going backwards, you quickly say forward a step. Um, a little slow to start in the first few, you know, first five to 10 times. But then you've got to put a bit of urgency on it at some stage so the horse knows it's urgent to come forward. But because you're really close on that lead rope, the horses can't avoid it by running away because you've got full control. It's almost like giving someone a hug until they soften in that hug and saying, oh, oh. It's only when they were fighting the hug that they felt the boundaries of the hug, but when they softened inside that hug, the hug wasn't constricting them. It's only when they were pushing against the boundaries of the hug. So, so, so you're sort of not quite a hug with that holder lead, but, but, but close to it, that you can hug the pole a little and come forward. And then when the horse takes a rushy step forward, you put pressure back and say, no, no, don't rush forward you're inside the hug of the lead rope, uh, in, of the halter. And this is without any stimulant, because if you had too much stimulant, um, and you're still learning this as well, plus the horse, you could end up, you know, hurting yourself because you're so close to your horse. So get a lot of head hug, rocking backwards and forwards, rocking backwards and forwards, backwards, 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 forwards, 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 backwards, forwards, until your horse is getting really loose and happy to follow the hug of that, that you know, the, of your hand, right under the chin there. When you can feel your horse loosen through its whole body and just start to loosen, so when the pole pressure comes on, you, you see the whole 
like nervous system and muscle system kind of loosen and the horse just pushes and steps forward and uh, you, you'll see the tension start to come out of your horse and, and then and, and you do a lot of that. When that's established then you get the flag and you might have it just close and you just might quickly bang it on your leg as you're saying step forward and that'll put a shock through your horse and it'll push it up against the pole pressure but because it, you, it's found the answer quite a lot of times under pressure then that uh, the stressor or the thing which is the flag will say say you're, you're under pressure now the horse will go oh and then it'll just release and come forward and then you go that's the answer so you're still quite close with that until basically the only answer under pressure is to follow the feel whether that be backwards or forwards and then when you've got that established that'll help a lot with that pullback and the next stage of fixing pullbacks like if you really want to be get serious about it you start to yield the horse's front end across from the knot and the hindquarter around from the knot. Now the hindquarter is a, a bit of a tricky one. It's a bit like dancing. You've got to put a roll in your hand and, 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 and get your horse to soften through its body and move its hindquarter over because it's thinking softly into your hand. But once you establish really good leading like that, then basically that horse can get out of any bind, you know, wherever the rope goes, the horse goes and it's comfortable with that rope, not frightened of it. So I think it's avoiding rope pressure when you teach it, it's learned to pull back. So it does suddenly, it just, it's like a horse that <sighs> avoids the ramp to get inside the float. We think it's loading really well, but when we look at it in slow motion, the horse avoided the ramp. And if you try, and I've had horses that, if I let them load, they would have loaded in three seconds flat, bang straight in and the owner goes, but I've got a problem with my horse running outside the horse float, it runs backwards when I unload it. And then they see me stop the horse and not let it go in. And they're like, oh God. And then all of a sudden the lesson takes an hour and a half to get the horse on. Why did that lesson take an hour and a half to get the horse on the float? Is because I said, don't avoid that ramp. And the horse goes, oh, crikey. I can't avoid the ramp. So what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna load then. I'm gonna boycott the whole thing. So that's the same thing as the horse breaking that twine. It's like, I just have to break the twine and I'll be free. But if you really put pressure on its head properly and it, and it has to commit to that pressure, it actually will try and avoid it at any cost. So um, once you go back to that leading, you'll, you'll get a, a good, a good um, response with your horse and then you add the stressor. And then you, because you've got the close contact leading, the horse hasn't got that opportunity because it doesn't feel like you're out there on a long rope and it can just run around you to avoid pressure. Then you might go up to rail and teach it to, Put, put, your, put your lead rope over a rail and walk in another direction while the horse leads up to the rail until it can just about touch the rail with its chin. And, um, and then once you've got really good leading established, then you might put a wrap around a rail. So, so you've got to get a certain amount of friction. It's hard to say what had the right amount of friction, not enough friction. Some horse will just walk backwards until the long rope is just released off the rail. So some people use tie blockers. They're like a figure of eight thing. Um, and I think in, uh, you go to abseiling shops and you get a figure of eight thing for your abseiling. Those figure of eight um, carabiners, they're, like a, they're not a carabiner, but they're a, they've just got two rings, a smaller one and a bigger one. Well, you can actually put a rope around one of those and tie it to a rail and then that'll just slip with a certain amount of slippage until the horse you know, pulls for 10 metres. If it's a 10 metre rope, they've got to go a long way. Uh, and a lot of them will quit by then. So instead of having that pop feeling, they've actually got to pull the rope gently and keep pushing it and pushing backwards to, to, to release it. So, so if you really want to, you know, you're not confident yet with hard tying it, then you get your horse to lead up to a rail 
and then you put enough wraps in the rail that creates enough friction that the horse has to have, to have a bit of a tug of war to push it back. Not enough to, to panic and that's hard tide, but you'll find that by the time that you've done that, then, then you'll get to the stage you can hard time. But with a good carabiner, uh, not carabiner, a figure of eight um, tie blocker or a good wrap around a rail, you know, you maybe won't have to hard tie your horse. So, so go back to those uh, leading lessons, Sue. There's a lot, awful lot of videos on leading on the membership and um, a whole section of them dedicated to it. It's such a big area. And when, when you're doing it, what you're looking for is where is your horse going wrong? What's it not understanding? How can you improve it? Not looking at what it can do, what can't it do? And you've got to look at the little tiny things, the little tiny braces. Um, and just one more comment, and when Mark was talking about going backwards and forwards, that in really close in-hand work, that's, I've seen him do it, and it's really like the horse is rocking. It's like a rocking movement, there's not a lot of movement with the feet. So mm. it's, it's small, but you're looking for how soft it can go this way and then this way. And you know, that change, change of direction, and then you know, when he does it right, yeah, he'll, you'll see his, whole, his shoulders relax and his body relax, and it'll take a little bit. Um, but, but stick with it, because like, that, that sounds like Mark's hit, that hit the nail on the head there. That's the source of, of his pullbacks. Just quickly, too, um, one thing I forgot. There's a, a horse, a lot of horses with a lot of brace. The horses that stand rigid and stiff, uh, like frozen, are ready to pop at any time. And, that, and that, that close leading helps with that. The other thing is when you're doing the backwards to forwards, don't just push your rope back towards their chest, like a lot of people do when they're leading. When you do the backwards, put a lift up in your horse. So, so if the horse gets bracing, real bracing the back up, instead of going towards the chest, and you just put a lift up into the air, and, and the horse will lift, and then it'll release the brace, and then just let it back up a little. Sometimes it's like a rugby scrum when you pull the rein down, try to lower their head. It doesn't always work, especially when they're really braced in the base of the neck, and they get really stuck. So, so it's, you know, but you've got to be you know, careful with it. And the other thing is when people do horsemanship, that, you know, I remember this is, oh, you know how you were taught at pony club, you shouldn't hold your horse under the chin, you should just hold it on a long rope. People got frightened of holding their horse under the chin. Now, it, you educate a horse under the chin if you need to, so you can lead it on a long rope or a short rope, wouldn't matter which one you wanted to lead it on. You don't just avoid one thing because, you know, can, trying to control a horse under the chin is futile if you haven't educated it. Um, but, but, yeah, a lot of that under the chin work is very good at, getting a horse to get really soft. Great question. Thank you very much, Sue, and good luck with that one. And the next question is from Shannon. Shannon is a new member. Hi, Shannon, and thank you very much for joining us. Welcome to the membership. Um, Shannon's question is, how can she um, get some help with, with the challenges or the videos or anything that she's finding working with you um, if she doesn't have anyone to help her and she's working horses alone? So Shannon, I'm just going to pop in here and Mark will probably um, add to it as well. But So the membership is really set up with a whole, whole load of videos. There's not a lot of structure to it and sometimes it can be sort of a bit overwhelming. That's why we did the challenge. So start off um, at the beginning of the challenge because it introduces you to so much of Mark's philosophy and concepts. So as you may have gathered from the previous question, um, Mark is all about thinking horsemanship. So there's a lot to, um, to un unravelling different areas and sometimes you, you know, you've got to get your head around the psychology of, of where he's coming from. The challenge is going to help you come on board with that. 
Um, any questions that you have, we are definitely here to support you as much as we can. Um, Mark is incredibly limited with time because he's teaching so much and when he teaches, um, he'll teach for sort of 11 hour days. So he's really, he really doesn't have a lot of time in the evenings. But the Q&As that we do, and we do them as often as we can, so at the moment they're every fortnight, they will sort of pop up more if we can. Um, any questions that you have, pop them on the Q&A and Mark will give you a direct answer. The other um, avenue that you have to tap into Mark is sending him a video of what you're doing. You can just, it can be anything, um, and you can just say, how am I going with this? Am I doing it right? Or it doesn't have to be based around a problem. Mark will have a look at it and he'll just give you a quick commentary saying, um, this is good, this is, this is exactly what I want you to be doing, or when I would, I would, I would maybe look at, look at what your horse is doing here, this is how I may do something. So those, um, the commentary that he can offer when he actually sees footage is far more specific and, and may also really help you. And the membership um, on Facebook, the Facebook group, um, so Mark Langley um, Online Horsemanship Membership Group, uh, which is the one where you just put the question in, um, it, you know, that's for everyone to just chip in and support each other. So if anything's happening, you know, if you're delighted about things um, or you're not quite sure, there's no, no, no harm in you just popping something on that group and just, you know, seeing everyone's response and, um, and Mark does chip in with that one as well. So um, enjoy, enjoy the membership. I hope you get a lot out of it and um, I, hope, I hope you can sort of navigate your way through. The the, um, the the other one is the followers pages. I think that was a group that's set up more for just people to talk amongst themselves, and you know they're interested in my teachings and, and they've got ideas, and um, you know, and sometimes you know you might try something in the challenge, and someone else will you know chip in and say, well, I tried that and I tried, you know, and then and, and you know, so it is quite supportive. Um, and as Jenny said, the best thing sometimes is send a video through or ask ask on the question and answers, um, you know, because what we do is we're we're, we're sort of you know, doing doing the question and answers every fortnight, so every time a little thing comes up. But the, 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 I guess the idea with what, what, what I'm trying to teach is is um, it's not a one, two, three, four. You know, this is how you do it, and this is the way you do it, and you have to look like this when you do it. Uh, you know, I want people to look at all the videos and 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 figure out if there's things in there that are going to suit them for their horses, and that's that's in the more all of the, the subscription videos. The challenge is reasonably specific, but it's more more so to create an awareness. And try a couple of things, um, and Jenny's just given you all the ideas that if you are lost and you, you, you're just not sure if you're doing it right, uh, how, how to sort of you know find an answer. Um, but really, you know, I want you to be creative. I want you to go out and and look at things. And you, you know, I, I was teaching horsemanship. You know, I guess clinics I've been doing for over ten years, and. Um, I do clinics for clubs and people have done a lot of horsemanship and they'd come to me and 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 I'd say, oh, have you seen this, this and this with your horse? Oh, no, I, I haven't really noticed that. Um, but Or, no, I have noticed it, but I didn't have an alternative. Um, and I think some people were doing a lot of stuff with their horses that didn't feel right because they'd come to me and say, it never felt right what I was doing, but I didn't have an alternative. So what I want you to do is, is you know, you know your horse and, 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 and you go out and... There might be a lesson that will suit you and your horse and you can try that and you know where your horse is at and some lessons you're not going to try. Um, and yes, if you need any support, if you're not sure, that's where you come in and ask questions, send videos, all that sort of thing. But it's, it's not a program by any means, it's not a program, it's just these are my ideas to help you guys create your own good ideas using some of what's helped me help horses and address the anxiety in horses and help them feel better. So.
Um, but but yeah, but thanks thanks for that, and, and for everybody else too. Um, I mean, I can't deal with thousands of videos getting sent through, but it is a service where if you send a video through, I audit it, talk over it, however it works, and post it back on the membership. You've just got to, it's a free service. Um, you've just got to be able to be, you, you just got to, um, you know, be okay with you and your horse or whatever you've videoed being on the membership for the other members to see. So, so that is available and it's a free service when you're a member. So, 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 so you can make use of it and, and it's a very um, constructive way because everybody else can look and say, oh, I was thinking that or I was doing that with my horse too. And so, so it's always good to do that. Great. Thank you very yeah, thank much, you. Thanks, Anna. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.